This is Easy Does It Barbecue with your host, Dan McDonald, owner of Colorado Barbecue Outfitters. If you're ready to dig into some serious talk about all things barbecue, from the moo to the oink, grab a cold one and let's get down to business. Now, here's Dan McDonald. Hey everybody, you're listening to the Easy Does It Barbecue Radio Show. My name is Dan McDonald and I'm the owner-operator of Colorado Barbecue Outfitters at 5921 North Academy Boulevard right here in Colorado Springs. We call it Easy Does It Barbecue because I talk about the easiest ways to do it. Last week, we talked about wood pellet grills. Going into this week, I want to get into a few other features that they offer and I want to talk about pellets. So the pellets are the fuel. I mentioned a little bit last week about where pellets come from, things like that, the difference of wood pellet heaters versus wood pellet grills. The difference is the wood. We don't ever want to use treated wood to cook with for our food. One, it will taste horrible, and two, it might even make you sick. Wood pellet heaters are, are only striving to produce heat. They are not heating food or providing any flavor. So you can use any reclamated wood that you want for wood pellet heaters. They can take all the leftover scrap lumber, turn it into a pellet, and then it works great for heating a house. However, wood pellet grills, we need to make sure that that wood is pure. It's going to be heating up the food, and that food you're going to feed to your family. So we're not only going for flavor, but we're going for safety when we talk about shopping for pellets. As I mentioned last week, pellets can can be cheap or they can be expensive. Barbecue, as I've said many times, is you get what you pay for. So if you're buying cheaper pellets, the problem is they may have a base wood. There's a very popular pellet out there that has alder wood as its base. And that's perfectly fine. Alder is a great wood to smoke or cook with, but it's this—it's the, the softer of all the hardwoods, which means it burns up quicker, which means you're going to burn through more pellets, which means you're going to spend more money in your wallet. I carry the Lumberjack brand, as I've mentioned before. Lumberjack is 100% virgin wood. There are no binders nothing like that added to the pellet and there is no flavor oils another very popular uh, pellet manufacturer out on the market adds a flavor oil to their pellets i've never understood why they do it because the public usually complains about that flavor oil and this company actually had a lawsuit against it about claiming false advertising that it was a 100% all-natural pellet when they were actually adding a flavor oil. So we tend to want to stay away from things like that. The flavor oil could junk up or gunk up, if you will, your wood pellet grill. It can cause more creosote to build up, things like that. We want to go with all-natural pellets. Obviously, I recommend the Lumberjack. It's what I sell, but there are several really good quality pellet uh, companies out there that can be put in a wood pellet grill. The Lumberjack alone offers, I think, 10 or 11 different flavors. Uh, Apple, they offer cherry. They even have what they call pre-blends, where they took very popular flavors that they know the public uses. For example, apple and cherry are two fruit woods that you mix them together, and you have Lumberjack's fruit wood blend. The sweet woods work very, very well with porks and poultries. Now, I've always told you all there's no rule when you're using wooden barbecue. You can use anything you want, but there are certain combinations of wood with certain meats that seem to pair very well, just like anything in food. 
So the sweet woods tend to be used for the porks and poultries. Beef is such a strong meat that you could really use any flavor. I think I mentioned before that Lumberjack has a charcoal hickory pellet. And that's interesting because now that brought about the old school flavor of charcoal into a wood pellet grill. It also, because of the carbon from the charcoal, it burns hotter. So for people who do pizzas at 500 plus degrees in their grill, they can get that temp up quicker and hotter. So the temp or the cooking temp time is less. And again, you're using less fuel, which has a direct correlation to the money you spend. Some of the other pre-blends, the, the number one selling flavor, bar none in my store, this flavor combination outsells every other wood pellet flavor, and that is called the competition blend. And what it is is maple hickory cherry. There is something about a three-way blend that the public absolutely loves. It works on everything. I have customers that have never put any other wood in their hopper, although I recommend trying other flavors. The beautiful thing about pellets is you can mix and match. You can create different flavors by adding different uh, pellets flavor combinations as you cook. For example, I like apple. I use apple wood quite a bit. There's something about apple wood that provides a flavor that my palate really enjoys. However, when I'm doing beef like briskets, tri-tips, prime rib roast, I like a little for a little more robust flavor. So what I do is I add half hickory and half apple, and I can do that in my wood pellet grill. And that flavor combination is just something that I absolutely love. There's another flavor combination called the Supreme Blend, and that is a stronger version of Competition Blend. So I told you the Competition Blend's my number one seller. Well, the Supreme Blend's my number two. Competition, again, is maple hickory cherry, The supreme is oak hickory cherry. Many of you know oak is a very hardwood. If you've ever tried to pick up a piece of oak furniture, it is very heavy. It's a very dense wood. It burns very hot. Not surprisingly, a lot of barbecue restaurants use oak for their wood. Now, a lot of times, guys, it's not about flavor for them. Remember, barbecue restaurants have a different goal than you do cooking on your patio. Their goal is to keep their overhead costs down, keep their prices reasonable, and keep the customers coming through that restaurant. Well, oak is a readily available commodity in our country, and it burns very hot. It's pretty stable, so they use essentially less of it. So many of the barbecue restaurants will use oak, although some do use specific different types of of wood. When it comes to the wood, as I've mentioned also previously in other shows, it's really regional. And the bottom line is the reason it's regional is because you have that wood there. You, If you grow up in Texas, you're used to mesquite basically being a weed down there. And you can just go pick it up on the side of the road anywhere you want. So of course they're going to use that. California, they have red oak is a very uh, easily available wood out there. Now, unfortunately, here in Colorado, we have some very beautiful trees in in our state, but we're mostly known for aspens and evergreens, which are really not the best woods to use for smoking. So in our state, we usually have to import all of our wood, and sometimes that's a little harder to find here. But 
Colorado Barbecue Outfitters not only offers pellets for the wood pellet grills, but I have other wood as well, chips and chunks and logs that are sometimes harder to find in other stores. Back to the pellets. Pellets will basically last forever as long as you keep them dry. Now let me ask you a question. So let's talk a little bit about how you store pellets. This is a very, very common question I get from my customers in the store is, Dan, once I buy a bag of pellets, what do I do with them? Excellent question. Well, the obvious answer is pour them into the hopper, but you're going to have a half a bag probably left over after you do. So what do you do with them? Well, the key is to keep them dry, folks. Now, here's where we are lucky in Colorado. We live in an arid, desert, dry environment, so we don't have to worry about the pellets in our hopper absorbing a lot of humidity. For the wood pellet grill people that live in South Florida, where humidity can get up to 100%, if they leave those pellets in the hopper for, say, a week, those pellets can draw the humidity in, and will it'll do one of two things when pellets get wet. They'll either turn to sawdust, which is not going to help you in your in the auger or in your grill, or more importantly, they can basically harden and turn into rocks. Now, the reason we don't want that is it'll jam your auger. Jamming your auger could damage the auger motor, and now you have a, you have a damaged wood pellet grill. So we have to be very careful in keeping those pellets dry at all costs. I usually tell people you can keep them right in the bag, just keep them up off your garage floor, put them in a shed or your garage up on a shelf, some people will put them in different buckets. I just ordered from a company, Grill Pro, a pellet bucket that I'm bringing into the store. I'm expecting it in any week. I'm very excited. This is going to fill up. You're going to be able to pour a 20-pound bag of pellets in, and this is a very simple bucket that you can pick up and use to pour the pellets into your hopper. You can also mark on the outside of the bucket what flavor, because once we take this wood and put it into pellets. Unless it's the charcoal hickory one, which is very dark from the carbon, it's very hard to tell which wood is which. What I use is years ago, I went to a large big box store here in town and I bought a brand called Sterlite. It's basically a competitor to Rubbermaid, but it's a see-through plastic bucket for back, lack of a better term that has a locking lid. I took it out into my yard, I locked the lid on, and I ran the hose over it, and it was water tight, so I didn't have to worry about my pellets getting wet. So again, the trick is do not get pellets wet. Store them in a dry place. They do not have to be airtight or anything to that. In fact, the bags they come in have holes, small holes in the bag, so that it can breathe. So we want to be careful not to leave those bags in a place where they could get wet. It's perfectly fine to subject pellets to both cold or hot. Obviously, they're going to burn up when they're in the fire pot anyway. Uh, wood pellets are combustible. Obviously, wood does have to be subjected to pretty high heat. But I would like to remind everybody that we do want to use common sense when we're storing combustible. I saw a lot of smoke and fire. Do not ever store your pellets near a furnace or anything like that in your garage or any any place that is going to possibly heat up to cause those pellets to combust. So let's keep that in mind, folks, and safety first. I was telling you that the pellets come in different flavors, and it's a lot of fun to mix and match. I, I don't, for me, I have a good time mixing and matching flavors. Years ago at the store, 
my ex-business partner and I had a friendly argument of could people tell the difference between woods. I took a couple pork tenderloins and I divided them up into equal force. I smoked one-fourth with cherry, one-fourth with pecan, one-fourth with hickory, and the other fourth, I believe, with, uh, I think it was apple. And for two weekends, we quizzed our customers and we posed a little, sort of a Pepsi challenge, if you remember that. If you could tell us what each one was smoked with, I think we gave you a case of sauce or something like that. The interesting thing was that in both weekends, of all the people that did that taste test, not one person could tell us all. They might have gotten two out of four correct. They might have even gotten three out of four. But not one single person could tell us all four uh, types of uh, smoke flavor and what wood we used, which I thought was very interesting. Food for thought. So it's more about finding a wood that has probably a lighter or or stronger smoke flavor that you like. All right, come on, let's talk. I want to talk about some of the grill accessories that are out there. Uh, last week I mentioned on the first part, uh, episode one of, of the Wood Pellet Grills, that as the grills came along, they adapted to uh, consumer demands. I mentioned that they created a pellet hopper. It was an easy way to dump the pellets out of the hopper. They put a window on the hopper. It was an easy way for us to look at how many pellets you have. They added Wi-Fi capability to the digital control boards because they figured, we live in a techie world, folks, and they figured out that if I can connect my phone to that grill. Get the phone! I can literally turn the temp up. I can turn the temp down. One of the lines of grills I've mentioned is Camp Chef, and their huge claim to fame is, as I mentioned last week, as the fire pot the bottom of the fire pot slides out and after you're done cooking you can just drop the debris into a cup and you don't even have to lift the lid. The other thing that Camp Chef offers that I don't believe any other brand does is when you connect to the app they have a smoke setting. Do you smoke after sex? I don't know baby I never looked. And you can literally through an algorithm you can literally set the smoke light or between 1 to 10. 10 being very strong, lots of smoke, one being very light. So it just burns a little more efficiently at the lower numbers. What am I, you ask? I'm about a five. I don't typically usually go over that depending on what I'm cooking. If you're doing something delicate like fish, maybe pork chops, something, you may go lower. If you're doing beef, you may go higher. If you like a very, very strong smoke flavor, you might want to crank that thing up to 10 and leave it there. Do you know what he's talking about? I mentioned that a few years ago, the wood pellet grills really took a huge leap in the outdoor cooking market and decided to take on gas grills and compete with them. Now, this was very, very exciting, and it was a game changer in the wood pellet grill uh, field because prior to that, they had no desire to take on gas. They knew that they were an indirect way of cooking and gas was a direct way of cooking. Gas has instant flame. You can have a gas grill going full blast in a torrential downpour. As long as you have gas that's not interrupted, then you're good to go. You gotta remember now, a wood pellet grill does have electronic parts. So you wanna put it under some kind of cover if it's raining hard. Now wood pellet grills can operate in a light rain, they can operate in a light snow. But if it is pouring down, there are electrical components. And I always say common sense prevails. You would not take your TV out into a rainstorm and plug it in in your yard. So 
we want to think about that. So they offered the grilling feature. Camp Chef offered the ash dump. I've mentioned that several times now, and that was an absolute game changer in the wood pellet grill world. Green Mountain Grill came up with what I call the next best way to clean the ash out of the fire pot. What they did is they put a tube that directly connects into the fire pot. It runs to the side of the grill, and there's a little door that you uh, screw shut or open. What you do is hook your shot vac up to that tube that sticks out, and the theory is you suck all of the debris out of the firebox. Now, I can't sit here and tell you it's quite as good as the Camp Chef ash dump. I don't think anyone has that capability because they've patented it, but it is the next best thing, folks. With the Camp Chef line, you don't even have to own a shop vac. With the Green Mountain and some of the other lines, you probably do. Now, that being said, a little small handheld shop vac that I think mine was maybe $20 at one of the bigger box stores here. So that's all you need. You don't need a giant wet and dry shop vac to clean your grill out. Getting back to some of the grill accessories that have come out over the years, people realize that as you're cooking on your grill, you need space to put your sauce, to put your marinade, to put your rub, to put your tools. So they started adding things like little notches to hang your tools on or side shelves once again to tote camp chef because these guys just sat back and watched what people needed and put it on their grill the hopper lid which still to this day most companies just have a regular lid on it camp chef made it a shelf if you're going to have a lid there you might as well have another shelf to use and i thought it was absolutely ingenious of them to do so many of the grills offer additional cooking racks so you typically have your cooking racks that go in the grill and then you may have a couple racks that slide in on the top these are important because it allows you to cook more food at the same time and in some cases if the rack's big enough you can double your cooking space for hopefully no additional money some of the brands will charge extra for extra shelf space so you just have to come in and ask about those and we'll be more than happy to point out which ones offer which features. Once again, under the Camp Chef heading, they created something called jerky racks, but understand this is a misnomer. This is a rack system that goes into the grill and it has about three or four racks that slide into it. Now, I like it because believe it or not, on an average size residential wood pellet grill by Camp Chef, I can do a hundred wings on that rack in one cook. Now's the important part. Oh, I know this one. Throw it all into a blender and serve it up immediately. So that is a very easy way to get ready for the party that you may be going to or the summer picnic that you're going to be potlucking. Uh, obviously, it works for jerky. It, you can put fish on it. You can put racks of ribs on it. It just simply in, increases your amount of cooking space in your grill without having to buy a whole nother grill to cook with. There's actually gas attachments. One of the things that the wood pellet grills realized, again, years ago, is that gas had its place and wood pellet grill had its place. Well, before wood pellet grills offered a grilling feature, many of them offered a way to attach a gas attachment to the side of the grill. And you could have a sear box, which would very intensely sear meat, do what's called a reverse sear, where you quote-unquote smoke your steaks or your burgers or whatever your meat is and then you can do a reverse sear and give it a little bit of char or that flame broil that we like. 
Now they offer gas attachments for griddles. And you can have a, say, a 30,000 BTU burner with a large cast iron griddle on it. And if you don't even want to fire up the wood pellet grill, you can just turn the gas attachment on and cook up breakfast or fajitas or smash burgers or whatever you like. There's even pizza oven attachments. Now, the grills will cook pizza themselves, but Green Mountain Grill is famous for what's called a pizza oven attachment. And what it is is you remove the heat deflector that I told you last week sits over the firebox. You remove the drip guard. Now, basically, you have open access right to the firebox. The Green Mountain Grill pizza oven attachment funnels down and sits directly over that firebox so that intense heat comes straight up. It hits a pizza stone cooking the pizza from the bottom, but it also circulates around and the heat cooks it from the top, just like a true wood-fired brick oven. Our secret ingredients. Yes. It's done! You can cook a pizza in the Green Mountain Grill pizza oven attachment in less than two minutes. It will get up to very, very hot, six, seven, eight hundred degrees. The last accessory I want to talk about is an insulation blanket. Now, folks, you couple things has to happen here. One, you cook year-round. Two, you do long cooks like briskets, pork shoulders. The insulation blanket sits over the cook chamber of the grill and does just that. It insulates that food chamber so that when it's cold out, you'll use less pellets. The insulation blanket is the only accessory that you will get your money back. It will pay for itself in how much pellet utilization you cut down during the winter months. Come in and talk to me about an insulation blanket for your wood pellet grill. It's the best investment you'll make. You want to go around your grill at least once or twice a year and tighten all the screws on it. You want to keep your grill covered in weather. I mentioned earlier that it is electric and therefore it needs to be kept out of a huge blizzard or any heavy rainstorms. You want to keep everything but the pellets out of the hopper. Now, I know that sounds kind of silly, but you have to be very careful with debris getting in that hopper. I still, to this day, have no idea how I did this, but I poured a bag of pellets in, and I went out a few hours later. I noticed my temp was dropping on my grill. When I went and looked in it, somehow an Allen wrench had gotten down into the auger and jammed it, and now no more fuel was being fed into the fire pot. Now, lucky for me, that that Allen wrench was very easy to grab and I was able to pull it out and the auger started turning again and all was fine. But that could have seriously damaged my grill. And to this day, I still have no idea how that Allen wrench got in there. I'm assuming it just, I had it sitting near the grill and it fell in. Make sure you're always cleaning the grease out of the bottom of your grill. That can ignite, especially next time you go to fire it up to do pizzas. Every time I see on social media somebody complaining about a grill and a grease fire, I want to yell at them, grease fires are never the fault of the grill. It's always the user. So the grill did not create the grease and basically did not keep you from cleaning it. So stop blaming grills on grease fires. I sell a product called the Drip Ease Trays, and what those are is heavy-duty foil. There's three of them in a pack, and they sit over that drip guard. You lay them on the drip guard, and if you want, let the meat drip down on it, 
when the top one gets horrible, just pull it off, recycle it, and you've got two more. Some people wrap their drip guards in foil, as I've talked about during the grill maintenance show, and sometimes that works great, sometimes not quite as. So the drippies trays are a wonderful thing to come into the store and check out. If you have something to say, just come out and say it. Folks, I want to give you some barbecue IQ. And that is some myths that are out there about wood pellet grills. I've covered some of these, and I'm going to emphasize a few others. First of all, no wood pellet grill on the market will hold its temp to the degree. I know we live in a digital age. I know they talk about PID digital controllers and algorithms and Wi-Fis and all kinds of techie terms. But none of those translate to your wood pellet grill holding its temperature to the degree. It just physically will not happen. I mentioned earlier that the pellets come in different sizes out of the bag. They will drop into the fire pot in ununiform sizes. The ambient temperature outside will have an effect. The airflow in your grill will have an effect. There's many, many uh, different variables that come into play. It cooks in a cook cycle, as I mentioned earlier, of a high point and a low point, and we hope to keep that gap around 20 degrees or less. Another myth is that the fan will blow all of your debris out of the firebox after cook. A lot of the wood pellet grill manufacturers leave a fan on even after you've shut the grill down. And the theory is is it's going to blow the ash out. But folks, I'm telling you, in real life, it may blow the ash out or it may not. Now, if there's pellets that are unburnt, it's not going to blow those pellets out because they're a little too heavy. So it's still a good idea to clean that fire pot every cook. I can't say that enough. The other thing is, is people buy wood pellet grills thinking they're just going to use them as a smoker. And if that's the case, that's really a shame. I've told you also earlier that wood pellet grills will cook every food on the planet. And yes, you heard that right. They'll go anywhere from 150 up to 500 plus. So they're extremely versatile. At low temps, they're a smoker. In middle temps, they're an oven. In higher temps, they're a grill or a pizza oven. I mentioned also earlier that people, for some reason, want to make their grills airtight. It drives them nuts to see smoke coming out of other places other than the smokestack or the designated, designated exhaust ports on the grill. Guys, these things were never meant to be airtight, and they never will be. Don't let it bother you. You will have smoke coming out of different areas. Now, if your grill is vented too much, you have a gap with your lid and the body to the point where your temperatures are affected, then yes, we need to do something about that. But if your temperature is staying fairly steady within 20 degrees, it doesn't matter if there are gaps. That grill needs air, so it is perfectly fine. Don't let it bother you. Burn-offs, this is something that really irks me when I see people doing what they call burn-offs. And what they... What the theory is, is to clean your grill, you just crank it up to the hottest temperature and it burns everything off inside. First of all, that's not really the case. It's a great way to ruin your grill. It's a great way to start a grease fire. It's a great way to burn the, the uh, powder-coated paint right off the grill. The powder-coated paint is designed to withstand higher temperatures, but only so high of temperatures. You start getting that grill to over 500 degrees, you could potentially harm yourself. You can harm the grill. Metal will expand and contract, and you could possibly cause damage to other parts of the grills. The hopper could get so hot during a burn-off that it might even melt the wiring inside. So, folks, burn-offs don't make any sense. Don't do them. The other thing I mentioned earlier that I want to emphasize is that 
the gr- as the grill goes up in temp, the smoke becomes less severe. It's it's burning more efficiently. And I'm going to use the campfire example again. As you're first lighting a a campfire, you have a lot of smoke. That wood is smoldering. It's trying to get ignited. It needs heat and it needs oxygen. And those two things are required for wood to combust. Usually the oxygen is there, but the heat is not yet there. And so it's giving off a lot of acrid smoke. But then as the campfire burns and starts to burn more efficiently and you're adding more wood on it, you'll notice there's very little smoke at that time. And a wood pellet grill is exactly the same. The higher in temp you get, the less smoke you get. So no, your pizzas don't taste like an ashtray by any means. They taste like they've come out of a wood-fired brick oven from a true Italian pizzeria. Thank you for listening to the second episode of Wood Pellet Grills on the Easy Does It Barbecue Radio Show here on KPPF. Again, my name is Dan McDonald. I'm the owner and operator of Colorado Barbecue Outfitters, 5921 North Academy. My website is 719bbq.com. Stop in and see me. I'll answer all of your questions about barbecue. Have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Easy Does It Barbecue, brought to you by Colorado Barbecue Outfitters, specializing in pellet grills, charcoal grills, electric smokers, sauces, rubs, and barbecue accessories. Online at 719BBQ.com. See you next Saturday at 1 for Easy Does It Barbecue. And listen to the podcast on Podbean.